Welcome to Five Guys Flicking Around. On tonight's episode, we're discussing the 1989 classic Roadhouse, starring Patrick Swayze and, more importantly, Sam Elliott. Easily one of the best movies ever made, Roadhouse examines the off-maligned bar The Double Deuce in Jasper, Missouri. The Double Deuce appears to be plagued by an unbelievable amount of sex, violence, sex violence, and drug dealing. Dalton, played by Swayze, is brought in to clean up the place, much to the chagrin of local bad boy slash retail mogul, Brad Wesley. A series of shenanigans turns this lighthearted feud into a full-blown series of terrorism and destruction, culminating with a good old-fashioned throat rip and an execution carried out by local merchants. Along the way, we encounter some sex, a crazy amount of violence, and a whole lot of Jeff Healy. Guys, let's talk about Roadhouse. Can I buy you guys a drink? Guess not. Patrick Swayze is... Dalton. I thought you'd be... bigger. Opinions vary. When he's around, anything can happen. How's a guy like you end up a bouncer? Just lucky, I guess. And usually does. If somebody gets in your face, I want you to be nice. Don't be rude. Ask him to walk, but be nice. Help this gentleman to the door. Until it's time to not be nice. So says the fighting philosopher. Patrick Swayze. For that line of work, I thought you'd be bigger. <laughs> Gee, I've never heard that before. Roadhouse. Look what I have created! I have made fire! I have made fire! I think this is one of the traits of a really good producer. Keep the talent happy. She <laughs> just killed the helicopter with a car. Those are bullets. All right, boys, prepare to be dazzled. Break yourself, fool! Oh, I'm sorry. Did I break your concentration? It's important that we we get together on this thing. If you had some glue, I'm really good at gluing. I could just glue it. Sandbagging son of a bitch. Y'all ready to bust the ass? Lick a license. A hey, lick her license. We've got entirely too many troublemakers here. Hello! I am an FBI agent. You look like a blueberry. I don't give a damn what you think you are entitled to. You know who I am? You that silly ass reporter from the Channel 5 News. I'm Mo Green. What are you looking at, butthead? Let's go, let's go, I'm bored, let's go. Alright guys, let's get into it. Let's uh, do some first impressions. Brandon, you want to start? Uh, so my first impression of Roadhouse, this is the first time I saw it all the way through, and it gave me uh, over-the-top vibes. The, the uh, Sylvester Stallone movie. Sure. Just in its unabashed cheesiness and just willingness to go there. Right. That's, that's yeah, that's pretty much all I got. I agree. I think um, I first watched this just out of high school, and uh, it was at a pinnacle time in my life where, you know, you're, you're trying to figure out who you're going to be. Um, this movie, I, I and, you, and you wanted to be Swayze. Well, that's what I'm getting at. This I think. Did you want to be Kelly Lynch? I think you're. I, I think Patrick Swayze in Roadhouse taught me what being a man means, and it's not so much just him uh, beating guys up, being a strong-willed male figure, but he has a, a set of morals 
that I think really holds strong. It makes you want to uh, agree with him, be on his side, because he, he says you be nice to them first. He has a moral code is what I'm getting at, and I feel like this movie uh, had a lot to do with me getting a moral code. Yeah, movie. it sounds like you learned a lot. It, it sounds like this movie means more to you than any of us. <laughs> that was really deep. It's Paul. been your moral compass for a decade now. It was a part, it was a big part of it for sure. For it. Directed by Rowdy Harrington, so you know he was up for it. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if there's ever been a name that better fit a movie for a director. It's it's almost too good to be true. Yeah. Like I wouldn't be it's, surprised. It's if like he went to film school and they had a project <laughs> and it said Direct a movie based on your name, and then Rowdy Harrington made Roadhouse. Well, shit. <laughs> and then we from there. Can we can we go to some of the history of this? Because I did read the Roger Ebert review from back in the day, and apparently, just like a little little tidbit, apparently the part that was this is like based on a true story, and the part that was based on a true story was the fact that like some mogul in a town was shot by a bunch of people, and nobody no saw way. anything. So they took, no part, they took that part. They took that part, and they're like, That's a "Let's create a, the rest of this movie around this." <laughs> wow. I've got an idea. What a great! Let's create. I had no the idea. The most perfect bar in the world. Double Deuce. What a name for a bar. <laughs> I got it. This is seriously my favorite part of the movie. <laughs> I love Let's it. save it, Joel. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, it's, the Double it's, Deuce. It's an amazing name, and it's uh, I seriously love the, uh, the just the '80s factor of it, of the classic like good guy versus bad bad guy, like clearly defined roles. It's just like a fun watch, and it's fun because you kind of know what's going to happen. It's not complicated. You have a clear I'm mentor. Not, there's no real complex characters. It's very clearly defined, and just uh, I think that really it delivers. Well, can really I just say as as my first time seeing it all the way through this time, I felt like I knew it was going to happen until about the first explosion <laughs> in the movie. And then after that first explosion, I was like, all bets are off. Also, I think Dalton is a complex character. Pollard created a whole moral compass based on That's his true. attitude of life, <laughs> which yes. is he's a philosophy major at he NYU. Is. Graduate, that, not major, and, graduate. And as like a 30-year-old, let's say, in the movie, mm-hmm. already has like a 45-year-old mentor that is like a best friend, yeah. and he does, you know. Yeah. Everyone knows him. Everyone knows Dalton throughout I, the whole movie. Aaron, any thoughts on your first Roadhouse viewing? Yeah, you know, I don't remember when I first saw it. Um... I just remember loving it. I remember, obviously, Point Break kind of hooked me into Swayze and, like, made me a fan of just the legend of Patrick Swayze. And Roadhouse kind of just carried that into a different level. And, uh, yeah, I just loved it. And that's, I've seen it. That's all he's done this I've seen this, while. like, 20 times. What a every great time career. is more exciting than the last. I seriously noticed new things. We just watched it recently. I noticed a ton of new things that I just did not recognize the first so point, 18 or so times. Point Break was after this, Point right? Break came after this. Point Break was after this. I saw Point Break. Just double checking. Dirty Dancing, yes. Roadhouse, yes. Ghost, yes. and then Point Break. Yes. And those are the four movies Patrick Swayze ever made that are any kind of like recognized by pop culture. But Hell of a hot take, Ghost and uh, Dirty Dancing aren't very good. I think they're all great. Hot take, Roadhouse isn't that good either. <laughs> we'll, get, we'll get into that. We'll get into that. <laughs> so 1989, as you said, Rotten Tomatoes, 38% for Roadhouse. Wrong. They Gentlemen, got it wrong. What, yeah, what do you guys think it should have been? Give me a percent. Realistically, in like the 60s, I wouldn't have been shocked with that answer. Yeah, yeah. 38% right. is appropriate. <laughs> I think I think everyone that is like a movie critic is going to find 10 reasons not to like this movie. 
But if you take off your like film critic hat, you just hundred percent user score hundred percent. Joel, can we pull up the user score on that? So I bet it's in the sixties to seventies. That sounds appropriate. It's a fun movie to watch. I okay, you don't have to take a movie like this and hold it up to Citizen Kane. No, the point is not to make something that's intellectual. The point is to enjoy two hours of entertainment. Yeah, and it's almost all politically correct and stands up. So like, just about you can't find about. anything to. There's not one like mention about it. of uh, Peckerhead. I thought I don't know if that was politically correct back then. All right, so the research is in. Thirty-eight percent by the critics, sixty-six percent by Called the audience. Kyle, yeah, Kyle, that's Kyle. much closer to a real Se- score. Seems yeah. about right. I want to talk about how did he do that because this movie is based on there's this famous bouncer that apparently everyone knows all across the U.S. This guy Dalton. Dalton. Not apparently everyone knows him. Well, yeah. there is Mr. Dalton. I want to know Mr. Dalton. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Dalton. Hey, Mr. Dalton. <laughs> you beating up the bad guys? Uh, mine, uh, I, my clear nomination is the throat rip. Um, I don't understand what sort of martial arts training Dalton actually has. We we True. know that there's karate. He wears a karate gi. It well, the idea of the throat rip is introduced early. That there there is a legendary story of Dalton having ripped someone's throat in the past, um, and it culminates in the final scene. Uh, Close to the final scene. Penultimate scene. Yeah. It, the, arguably the most important scene. Yeah, where he, we, we actually get to see him um, perform this majestic uh, martial arts technique. And like I said, it's unclear exactly what his martial arts background is. He does Tai Chi. Right. At right. one point yes. with his shirt off, which is important. Uh, he wears a karate gi. There has to be karate. I'm not a martial arts expert, but there seems like there's a lot of different disciplines going on in this movie i think it's part of the philosophy training from nyu right the tai chi but the throat rip i have questions about like exactly what is involved in the execution of that technique just for everyone listening he told us he was a martial arts expert we wouldn't have had him on the podcast <laughs> if we had known this <laughs> you, you really you know? led us wrong down that road man so just i, mean, I want to be just we put closure. out a craigslist ad saying we... we're doing a podcast on roadhouse we need a martial arts expert, and this guy responded. A lot of people responded. <laughs> Kyle, this you, guy was the most vetted. Can you put a disclaimer in that, Kyle, when we put this up? Can, can you add that to the... To, to go off of what Pollard's saying, I think he just doesn't cut his nails. I think that's all it is. It's just... He's got super sharp nails, so when he hits the throat, he can latch on and just... Yeah. But more than more just, more than just the physical execution of the act... It's accidental, like... <laughs> He went to just choke him and yeah, try like, to pull away, but they got no, 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 no. Oh, it's a, it's a go-to again. move, but more than the physical act, like how do you get yourself in a headspace where you can rip another man's throat from his so, body? So what I assumed is that, what I assumed is this was kind of like the Kill Bill like five point palm death strike sure where it's like you learn it as part of your training but you never Definitely. use yeah, it it's, it's like homage to a kung fu yeah. movie for yeah. sure you know Quentin Tarantino ripped off Roadhouse <laughs> also how'd he do that if I'm gonna give my nomination it's gonna be the how did he find that place to rent he's mm, the farm. new into town it's maybe his second or third day there he drives on a country road to the middle of nowhere comes and meets a man at a barn and says, you the one that's got a room to rent? This is right after he buys a car in a total of probably five minutes. 
So he finds the finds the bar that he got hired for. He goes to a car dealership, asks the guy to check the headlights. As soon as he sees that the headlights turn on and off again on command, he says, "I'll take it." That's all. He and he immediately drives that car to a farm. Where where an old man has shown him a room that he's shown twenty or thirty people? twenty people over a year. Over a he's year. shown twenty oh, people right. over a year who would not rent it, who would not want to sleep next to the. And horses. this is a small town outside of Kansas City. Yeah, it's not. But, a... And he says, "I'll take it." But everything that you know about Dalton up in this point, would you not think that he does some prior research? I can't believe no one took the house. He found it on Craigslist. The, the price he's... of the rent. No, but he's looking through newspapers. Yeah, he's looking through it's the good. classifieds. When like, when does he have the time? Just because it's not on screen doesn't mean it doesn't happen. <laughs> he's Kyle. on Craigslist. You got to use your imagination. I just he's like a 1800s farmer with a beard, and he's like got no electricity, and I live in a barn, and like he's not, got no doorbell, but the, the horses will let and, you know. If and he's comes by. he's printing out flyers and hanging them in town. Like need a roommate. <laughs> <laughs> And he's charging, what was the... $100 a month. $100 so, like, no, no. So he, he has to, money. he has to charge something. He wants to give it away for free oh, so yeah, badly. Oh, the gay implications <laughs> yeah. that he oh. wants to avoid, right? He, like, yeah. briefly mentions that. He, I didn't catch he that. Says, he says, I gotta charge you something, otherwise the Presbyterians would be up in arms. <laughs> something like that. Wow! That yeah. went way yeah. over my head. Yeah. Yeah. No, I so thought it was a, like the church owned the barn. It's a wow. really smart script, and it's it just unfolds itself <laughs> over multiple viewings. Going off of what you said, do you want to get into his uh, profit versus loss? Oh, yeah. Of? The... <laughs> Dalton, whatever his first name is, let's or whatever no, no, his last name Mr. is. Yeah. Mr. Dalton does well for himself. Uh, he uh, so what he's promised. So to back up a little bit, at the beginning of the movie, there is a man that shows up to Dalton's club that he's currently cooling at uh, in New York City. The bandstand. The bandstand, and he comes in and he says, "I need the best." Dalton says, "You need Garrett, Wade Garrett." He says, I need you, Wade Garrett's old. Here's what I'm willing to offer you. He offers Dalton $5,000 up front. Up front. $500 a night. A night, $500. Uh, all medical expenses paid. <laughs> and he offers to fly him out there uh, for free, <laughs> to which Dalton replies, I don't fly. It's too dangerous. And, so, and then, and then just, right... <laughs> just, just to correct it really quick, this is what Dalton says that he needs. He's like, I need $5,000 yeah, up correct. Terms, yeah. $500 per night, plus medical, and and I forgot what this actor's name is, but the evil guy from Lost. He, uh, if you look at it, it's Marshall R. Teague. Marshall R. Teague. That's incorrect. <laughs> It's, Kevin it's somebody. Kevin. It's Kevin. This guy and Kevin Whoopsie. says, "I can, I can deal with that, Nick or Mulligan. I can live with that." Right after that, he t- right that. after that, he turns to his current employer and he says, uh, "Bandstand's all yours." Yeah. So you're, and then he walks out. So your stand-up moral compass guy just immediately darts town from New York just because he gets a better situation. It's a nice role model for you there, yeah. Says a lot, Mr. Marshall. Well, if you were offered five thousand dollars up front and five hundred dollars a night, you wouldn't walk so, straight so out. So in in nineteen eighty nine, just to keep going on this part, five hundred dollars a night. Assuming he works five nights a week, that comes out to X amount of days. I did the math. Anyway, that's one hundred and thirty five thousand dollars. <laughs> 
And inflated to 2019, that's two hundred and eighty-five thousand dollars a year. A year to bounce or cool. He's the best in the, the double business, man. Yeah, plus the minus the, any expenses. Of yeah. Rent, the so plus medical expenses. Medical, kind of, that kind of threw me off because the first time we see him, he's stitching up his own arm. Yes, correct. Yeah, right. And then to loop back around. The rent that he gets charged by Emmett, the guy at the barn, is $100 a month, meaning his rent is $1,200 a year, meaning he's netting $283,000. And the only thing we see him spend money on is black coffee. Yeah. Right. Black coffee and beat-up cars. Oh, that's for sure free. That's free. And tires. Right. Oh, that's right. And he does laundry once. So does he? A, minus subtract like <laughs> he had to wash the key. Does he ever replace yeah. the window and the collect that gets call. broken? I don't know if he replaces that window. Does, okay. it, does he replace it? It's shattered in a lot of scenes. Yeah, he has to go to Reds to do that, right? He, yeah. he ends up. You want to stand in order? No, I'll just pay as I go. <laughs> I'm kind of surprised he didn't give the uh, the farmer some more money, just because like, hey, I'm making a crazy amount, like. Yeah, you so know, like a gift scene where he gives him like a, a little stack of cash or something to just like, or you know, do some repairs on the barn. I don't know. So because seems like he could have been a little nicer to the guy than just like hundred right. dollars. So after he's fee. after he's convinced to go to Jasper and sign up for this like exorbitant amount of money, he's introduced to the double deuce, um, and he walks through. And the the first thought that comes through my mind after about a minute of him walking through so much fighting and so much violence is is how many tables do you think that they have yeah. in the back room that they're ready to refill the room with because it seems like every fight has to end with a broken table, uh, someone getting stabbed. Someone like getting thrown into the bar. And he just and he just walks by and he's cool, man. He's smile. He's like, this is this is the guy that and that's I when I be. decided I want to be Dalton. <laughs> and that's when I started bouncing. And storing three tables in my garage, just in case. Then I became a martial arts expert. Hey, Five Guys Flicking Around fans, do you love paninis? Tired of those regular-sized paninis? Check out Teeny Panini. They're like regular paninis, just teeny. Teeny paninis. So this is also when we get introduced to my favorite part of the movie, which is, ladies and gentlemen, the... One of the best bands in any movie ever. The Jeff Healy Band. Jeff the Jeff Healy Band, which is led by uh, Blind, just crushing, He's blind? <laughs> crushing it on the guitar, lead singer. Killing it. Who, in the beginning, has a fence around the stage yeah. because people are throwing so many beers and fighting that Chicken that's wire. for their protection. Yeah, I didn't know that Jeff Healy was a musician before I saw this movie. Uh, no idea. And the first time I saw it, uh, it was supposed to be like 2007, 2008. Um, I knew immediately that this was a real, a real musician, and I had to look him up. But the the musicians are incredible. They're so good. I love the music. I mean, the Double Deuce looks like it's packed every night, which is wild because, as you said, people are getting stabbed and yeah. Why are these people? Throw... Why do well, people yeah. keep coming back to this bar? Why yeah, that's you it. Want you know? to go back? Yeah, even if it's the only bar in town, like. You could die every single night you're there. It's just that the band is that good. Or yeah. <laughs> yeah. As far as the band, too, I mean, they have a residency there every night of the week forever, it seems like. Like, they're always playing there. And and, and, and the owner is paying Dalton 
five hundred dollars a day. He's making money. Yeah. I don't know how much he's paying the band. I mean, another reason people might be going, and we can't skip this. There are some serious babes at this bar. Like every girl at the bar is like a ten. And apparently interested in all the guys and don't care that people are getting stabbed. And they all know who Dalton is as soon as he shows up. Right, the bar patrons know who he is, not just the management. Jeff Jeff Healy knows he's coming. Yeah, Yeah, Jeff Healy knows him. Like, they have a personal relationship. Where did that start? How did that develop? Well, he says, this is worse than the dive we did back in whatever. Yeah. but So Healy is here on, like, a residency. Yeah, yeah. He's not a Jasper resident. He's no. definitely plugged into the social pipeline, though. He's yeah, not I mean, getting paid, though. It's he, great to see Jeff Healy show up at, like, every yeah, community event. Right. He's there for everything. Yeah. yeah. Classic. And, and he's a gossip. <laughs> yeah. A big mouth on that guy. <laughs> this is also where we get uh, Dalton's, one of his best quotes, and uh, one of the existing bouncers at the bar, the Double Deuce, um, finds out who he is and is not impressed and uh, cri- criticizes his size. And what does Dalton say? When he says, "Yeah, you don't look, you don't look like much." I thought you'd be bigger. Yeah, I thought you'd be bigger. He says, "Opinions vary." <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's good. I thought we were going to the balls, uh, the balls reference. Oh, that yeah, was go for it. Do the, do the quotes uh, on the balls. <laughs> so yeah, one you've of been my, talking about it for days. I started <laughs> writing down quotes for the first half of the movie, and then as, again, as soon as the first explosion happened, I was just like, I couldn't take notes anymore. I was just so enthralled. <sighs> Um, but here, but Dalton's uh, Dalton's reputation precedes him, and one of the guys says to him, "I heard you got balls big enough to come in a dump truck." That's correct. Great reference to uh, in there. To, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Talking about a reputation. <laughs> <laughs> and then after that is when he uh, gets the car, finds the place, um, and then he goes into his first day on the job, and he has that the speech that really is what took me. Into his moral compass. The be nice. Mm-hmm. It be would, nice he, I think he says be nice nine times. Yeah. Throughout it's, the whole it's thing. over under five. I'll take Why don't the you over. tell us the rules, Paul? <laughs> he has three simple rules. Number one is never underestimate your opponent. Expect the unexpected. Crucial. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's why you're always looking over your shoulder, Pollard. And we're like, what are you doing? And you're like, you, just, you never know, man. Don't underestimate. Number two. Number two is take it outside. Um, which he disobeys his own rules quite he, frequently but rule number three is of course be nice be and nice. he does say take it outside try to take it outside unless absolutely necessary which we find out later there are some times when you just have yeah but the very first fight table. he gets and he slams somebody over another table <laughs> like with, I, yeah i don't the, think he the tried filter for absolutely necessary is pretty vague yes. i mean there's a lot of it's not really conflict resolution it's more like yeah. just Un- antagonizing says, them until violence ensues. until it be nice until it's time to, to not, not be, be nice, nice. yeah how are you not drawn in by that? It's deep, man. Anytime there's rules in a movie, anytime there's any kind of like, there's and three then, rules, like yeah. this, Beetlejuice, <laughs> Gremlins, uh, so, anything where there's threes. You know, during the speech in the beginning, or when he first meets with the the employees at the Double Deuce, yeah. and he's like firing everyone and stuff. Yeah. That's right. I don't understand why he fires Terry Funk. The, like, Which curly, one's Terry the Funk? The curly-haired... Like big muscle in dude. the the first one, yeah. He says you don't have the right temperament because right. right when he walked in, Terry Funk, like a guy, like 
I think he like 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 grabbed the waitress's arm and he imme- didn't say like hey stop no, no, that. I he said he's, boom punched him and right he's him definitely out. a hothead but he's also like doing the job like he just needs to be yeah. like coached it yeah. feels like it definitely seemed like like he's, he's not a bad guy he's just like a little aggressive I totally like, agree that yeah. was something I noticed it was super too was like yeah, the girl selling coke, That's a the guy skimming drinks, like, these are real issues. The other guy's like, you can teach him to just, you know, follow the moral yeah. compass like Pollard did. Yeah, also, <laughs> also, one of the quotes during that speech, he literally says, it's my way or the highway. And can we credit that to this movie? We can't, right? Fred we certainly so. can. Like it's no, from this. That, that's I be, like, looked it up. I looked it up. It's one hundred percent from this. Uh, so the thing I was gonna say about the rules is uh, the scene where Dalton lectures the double deuce staff about the three simple rules, aka be nice, is shown to police officers. This started after it was p- reported that cops were falling asleep during the lectures. So three great rules for cops is also. Take it outside, be nice, and never underestimate your opponent. What? I love it. Come on, moral code. Let's do this. Like, how are you guys not bought in? Yeah. I, I thought you were about to say that whole scene was improvised by Swayze. <laughs> I would have loved better. that. Yeah. In fake news, uh, that whole scene was improvised by Swayze. I knew it. Heard it here first. Fun fact. Um, so another question I had about that scene was he's firing everybody. He's just like, mm-hmm. you get out of here, you sell drugs, you get out of here, you don't have the right temperament, anybody else want to leave? And then it goes to like, not a close-up, but just like a crowd shot of everybody. They're all bloodied up from fighting. They got like black <laughs> eyes and everything. And they're like, nah, I think I'll stay working right. here. This is this is a great place to work. <laughs> that, that was a little bit confusing. Like, are there no other bars where they can find work? I mean, he's he's paying Swayze 500 a night, so you know they're making good money but, at the double No, that's... This, that's still that's the part that uh, we'll get back to that. If we have a part that's like what takes you out of the movie, if we want to go to that, uh, let's like, go there. That's totally the part that takes me out of the movie. Like what? the just the fact I, I got to go back to this deal that he made. Where okay, by today's standards, he's making about a thousand dollars a night. He's got the Jeff Healy band there. I don't know how much he's paying them. He's losing money because people are shattering his bottles every night. Like. How much money does this bar owner have? Like, this is well, totally unrealistic. As we talked about, I mean, how much money is John Tafferworth from Bar Rescue? I mean, he just completely changes your business. And he's not there, like, he's not meaning for Dalton to be there forever. It sounds like this is a short-term thing, like maybe a month or two. He does tell Red, I won't you know? be here long. But he, but what Brandon's saying is that the overhead nightly for what this guy's pumping into the yeah, bar versus no what way. he's taking, right, right. It, it can't justify. Thank it. you, Kyle. Well, Thank he you. does say he recently came into some money. That's like, the part that bugs uh, like me. Like a billion no, dollars. <laughs> yeah, that, no explanation other than like I came into some money. Like, I can afford to pay you a thousand dollars every night. It, on, yeah, his bartenders are skimming all the money he's paying Healy, all the money he's paying Dalton. All the money he's paying to rebuy supplies every single night. The Not tables. to mention Brad Wesley. Yeah, Brad 10% Wesley. to yeah, Wesley. The 10% yeah. to Wesley. It's absolutely nuts. How is he paying for that? And then how does he remodel the place so quickly? Like, I didn't. it's hard to notice, but, like, gradually the place is more and more improved throughout the movie. But it happens, like, relatively quickly. And just what goes from, like, a country western kind of wooden roadhouse bar to, like, this weird green... That's the roadhouse kind of, of the title. Oh, it's 80s. That's, that's the title. Got it. It's Got 100% it. 1980s. It's awesome. 
Anyway, for, for me, <laughs> that's what, the soundbite that we're taking from this. It's 100 percent 1980s. It's awesome. <laughs> for me, the the whole like money concept that completely takes me out of the movie. Um, what takes me out of the movie? Very close scene to that. Uh, so he's fired three people. And the very next night is the first night where he's actually working. And right. he walks into the you know supply closet and sees a dude, <laughs> Steve is his name, right. plowing a girl. The girl's, he's really giving it to her. The girl's got her top pulled down. He's grabbing her breast. She's got her skirt hiked up. And he is completely <laughs> butt naked. <laughs> he yeah. took off his shirt. He took off his socks. Definitely he's, no socks. He's on his break at work, and he's trying to get a quickie in, and he got completely naked. It's it's the equivalent of the kid at the baseball stadium at the urinal that has his pants down by his ankles. <laughs> and it's like, you're overdoing this, man. You could have left a lot of these clothing like, no, articles no on. Ready. I don't know if you mentioned it, but no lock on the door. Whatsoever. No lock on the door. And, and then a quick getaway. He's completely yeah. flabbergasted that this behavior isn't okay. <laughs> yeah. Like, he thinks that this being his break makes it all all right. What? You're firing me? Yeah. Yeah, okay. it takes me out of the movie. Any rational not, not the guy. Sex. You're saying just the the he, amount of clothing he, he has. He should off. have had his shirt on. He should have had his pants around his like knees. You know, he's yeah, in the break room. Like, like, oh, you're gonna like get a, caught. Let's pull it up quickly yeah. and cover ourselves up. He got butt naked. To play to play devil's advocate, I'm sure there was like a butt clause in this movie where it's like we have to show <laughs> so many butts throughout the movie. There this many male, this many female. I think the men got it in it's this a very one. progressive yeah, movie. I think there was, uh, yeah, a little yeah. more guy, guy behind. All right, well, what takes me out of the movie, and this is a subject of the movie we haven't really talked about much, but it has something to do with Dalton's love interest in the movie. Miss uh, Kelly Lynch plays the Fox. gorgeous uh, Dr. Clay, who Dalton meets while getting uh, stitches at the yeah, hospital. Yeah, the one time he goes to the hospital. Andrew, Dr. Yeah. Clay. Staples. After getting Staples stabbed. that time. Sorry, yeah. Staples. Um, so he meets her at the hospital, and, you know, she finds out he's a bouncer. She seems like a pretty, And that he was know, a philosophy major. Good-looking, successful doctor. And uh, apparently that's all she needed to know is he was a bouncer, and she was sold. And Have you seen Patrick Swayze? Yeah. I was gonna say, <laughs> but to be fair, the animal magnetism. And of... he's shirtless in the scene. Come on. Yeah, but I just had a hard time. There, here's this, this successful doctor working long hours, and we yeah, don't we... know she's successful. <laughs> we we see her later. Just yeah, wait she's up. working at, a, at an ER in Jasper. <laughs> she does own. Hey, all you religious dessert fans! I've got a deal for you. Right now, Holy Cannoli is offering 311% off when you use promo code 5GFA. That's promo code 5GFA. Take 311% off. Check out this deal or spend eternity regretting it. So what you're saying on that one, Joel, is just the relationship. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, once they come together, I see they fit. But just in the beginning of how she just so easily was like, yeah, like I'm down to date this bouncer who's getting in fights and like... I'll meet him at 2 a.m. after his shift's over, and I might have to be up early to perform surgery the next day. I don't know. I just had a hard time that these two would end up together. I would have liked it better if she was, like, more simple, like was like a waitress at the diner they go to or something. You know what I mean? Sounds a bit sexist. 
No, I, you want her to not be a smart, successful person. Sounds no, like Utah. I, I would love for her. He's to be making two hundred and eighty-five thousand dollars a year. Yeah, I want her to be with someone better. Than Sounds me. like you thought he lined up better with Carrie Ann. <laughs> oh, can we, can we talk about Carrie Ann? Yeah, poor Carrie Ann. I don't have anything to say. I know you guys. Do. <laughs> uh, she the just disappears. Goddess. <laughs> She just disappeared. She's in the first 45 minutes of the movie in like every third or fourth scene, and then you never see her again. And I'm just going to keep going with half s internet research, butthole corner, and uh, say that this is, this is probably the coolest thing from the movie. Uh, according to the cast and crew, and also the 1989 interview with actor Sam Elliott, the original cut of the movie was three hours and 20 minutes oh, long. Give wow. me that movie. Oh. Some of the deleted scenes included Dalton making the other bouncers wear ballet outfits and dance as part of their teaching. Oh, yes. That makes sense with Swayze. <laughs> yeah, he just wanted to showcase his ballets. Yes. And most of Kathleen Walhoit's scenes, who played Carrie Ann, were deleted. Oh, man. Oh, poor oh. Carrie Ann. She's set up to be this kind of like angelic figure in the beginning. Yeah. You, see, you see all the other like bartenders and like all the other people that work there just doing shady shit. There's also the scene of her like taking the mic and getting on stage. And yeah, she can oh, sing. Great. Yeah. 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 She brings him breakfast. Yeah, she brings him breakfast. She yeah. befriends him. She's like the person in town who's like, hey, you're new. Like, I thought she faded because she took the hint that he wasn't interested. Yeah. And she just backed off. Really, that's the one that I he, choose to believe. I mean, if he chooses to date her, half of the movie is, is not going to happen later. That's right? true. If we, he, we haven't even gotten to, to Brad Wesley yet. Yeah. No. And we were introduced to him pretty soon after his first speech and his first night on duty. He's driving his new car down the road. And uh, what you're introduced to in the scene is Brad Wesley choosing to swerve in between oncoming traffic and his own lane. Um, because he runs the town. And so I think the takeaway is, I'm untouchable. I own every inch of this town. No one will get in my way. Um, Andy Dalton comes speeding across <laughs> the opposite side of the road at a point where Brad Wesley is swerving into the oncoming lane, forcing Dalton off of the road in in a scene that... How can you explain his act? Like, there's no way... I don't care how much you think you own a town. What... What leads you to the, the place where you think you can swerve in front of a car going 60 miles an hour? Well, you're going 60 miles an hour um, and not expect to have to swerve yourself. I think if you're a guy and you're bringing in 7-Elevens into town, <laughs> you're bringing JCPenney into town. Oh, yeah. I think you're just on cloud nine. You think you're untouchable at that point. Like, none of us can imagine what that feels like. The only guy in the town with a pool. So, <laughs> do, we, pool do we know parties. that for sure? Yeah, we, we it's the only that. pool ever yeah, shown. And if it's not on screen, it doesn't exist. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Um, so, being this being the first time I saw this, when I saw... Cause this, is this the first time that we see Brad Wesley is when he's driving that car? No, you see him in the chopper... Flying right. by the lake, That's where right. Emmett is renting yes. out the place to Swayze. He's right. perceived as the villain earlier, but you see that do that yeah. doesn't seem very villainous to me. So the first time I saw that, and I see him like kind of like swerving in the road, he's like jamming out to a song, right? And I'm just like, this guy's happy, like he's carefree, he doesn't have a care in the world. He's reckless. Yeah, like I just think like, oh, he's a little bit, you know, he's a little bit off. You're like, yeah. who's this character? Yeah, yeah. Like, he likes to, You're intrigued. Show me a little bit yeah. more. Yeah. He likes to drive his helicopter so close that it pisses off the horses. 
It's just causing a little bit of mischief. So. Yeah, just like I'm a billionaire, and what I get off on is flying my helicopter just close enough to piss off my neighbor with the horses. Like, the most petty, like, small crime ever. He is petty. He is petty. A little low there, Brad. Does any does anyone have a list of the things that, that Brad Wesley does? I have a couple of them written down, but I don't know if... I missed a couple things. He is a uh, he is a Midwest terrorist, <laughs> and I can't list them all, but I'd like you to. Uh, so a couple of the ones that I have is just swerving in and out of traffic. Um, he blows up a lot of stuff. He does. So he blows up Reds, is who's the uh, he runs the the auto parts store. Right. He blows it up. Um, he blows up Dalton, not Dalton's farmhouse where he's staying, but the house next to it where the old man with the beard lives. Right. Um, in the one-piece pajama suit. In the one-piece pajama suit, exactly. And then, I guess it's just I those I think that's all things. he blows up, but can we but talk about... But more explosions who, later on. Who is his demolitions expert? Is it Tinker? <laughs> it's definitely not Tinker. It's, <laughs> Who's the guy rigging the C4 to get these places to blow? Because no one seems smart in his I think crew. it's the tall guy that Sam Elliott... <laughs> She's in the nuts. Yeah. Uh, yes. well, well, oh, can we have to see about it? It is discussion? one of his lackeys. While we're, while we're talking about his crew, like the, the one thing that I get away from every henchman scene is that they're all just kind of a bunch of dads. Like every single one of them looks way too old to be a henchman. <laughs> There's usually like one kind of yeah. henchman-like guy. There's Tinker. Tinker who is has the no, most henchman -y. He has no business. He meets his fate because of a taxidermied bear. All right, so... What do you guys think? What What are your favorite scenes from the movie that just sticks out to you? Where like you know what? Like I'm recommending this scene to someone who's never seen the movie before. Um, it's pretty obviously for me the throat rip. Um, there's there's a lot of good banter between them, but more importantly, just ripping a guy's throat out oh and showing gosh. it as graphically as they do. It just comes out of left field. It's yeah. like, I'm punching, I'm kicking, I'm throwing you into the table. No. I'm ripping out your goddamn throat and, and throwing the, you across the river. After the throat rip is the roundhouse kick to the back to kick him into the water. <laughs> right. And he knows he's dead at that point, and he still does a roundhouse but it's and such knocks a, him into it's the It's such river. a good payoff because you hear about it early on. And you oh, kind of forget about it. Like, this guy can rip yeah, somebody's you, you, throat. That's true. And you forget about it. And then when he pulls it out, you also know that Dalton has an edge to him because you find out that he's killed somebody in the past. Yeah. Um, he we claimed in court that it was self-defense, but we know it wasn't. So we know that there is an edge that you can take Dalton to where he'll drop that moral code oh. that I, I, I love so much. But I think it's a payoff. I don't think it's... Um, I mean, it's, it's the sort of... It's the beginning of the best scene, which is my favorite part of the movie, which I guess starts right after that, which is the last 15 minutes is like the best video game level in any movie I've ever seen as he approaches the mansion and he takes out each of the henchmen one by one. And at that point, he's really had that moral code where he's not killing people. Right. His job is to take it outside right. and be nice. <laughs> and then everything gets dropped. And when he takes the body, he kicks it into the water. Uh, the the doctor, Elizabeth, pulls the body out. He proceeds to then put the body back in the water, and he screams across the lake to Wesley. Yes. And what I, does he scream? I, don't, I forget. He what goes, is, he says, Wesley twice. Wesley! Yeah. 
and then fuck again. you. Yeah, and at that point, this is no this is no longer be nice, Dalton. This is murderous on a rampage, Dalton. Yeah, and he's got something to prove. That's the scene of the movie. In fact, and every it, time I watch the movie, I wait. I mean, it's all for me. What, like it's a build up for the last fifteen minutes, it, and it pays off so well. Interesting stylistic choice at that point too, because up until this point, we're following Dalton as he's like fighting people, taking people down. And that last scene, those last fifteen minutes, we're following a henchman. Mm. It's from his point of view. Right. Slowly, we're discovering. Oh, Dalton killed a guy. Right. Dalton killed another guy. Right. He's in the, in the three-hour cut. They show him taking out each henchman. <laughs> they just had to cut. Yeah, it down. it's in the shadows. Yeah. yeah, I, like I know, that. right? I like it though because it makes him seem like he's gone from a cooler and now he's a ninja. But if we got the right. three-hour and twenty-minute version, can you can you imagine? Can you imagine going to the movie to see Roadhouse and just settling in for like a three-hour just? If you watch Reservoir Dogs twice, you still have two minutes. That's incredible. <laughs> Um, but going back to the throat rip, in the 80s, <laughs> all you had were people getting shot. It is right. like the most creative, gruesome death. Like, I never could have dreamt that up. Very I, memorable. As I was watching the movie the very first time I ever saw it, it started as like, oh, this movie's like really funny because it's so bad. And like, you know, the dialogue's terrible and, it's you know, there's tons of tits and whatever. And then it keeps going and it's like he's ripping out a yeah. guy's throat. Yeah. Like, it just kept amping it up and then it gets to that last scene that you're talking about and it's just like holy shit like this movie is just getting better and better the more unhinged it becomes and the throat rip is like the epitome of like this is like the scene that makes this movie so outrageous right it really earns that r rating yeah and that and the final scene when he is gonna rip out brad uh wesley's throat yes right and he gets to the throat grip yeah he's ready that shows you he's super comfortable ripping a guy's throat out. <laughs> like it is yeah. easily his go-to finishing. Movie. All his instincts tell him yeah. rip that throat. Yeah, he's like, okay, I got him pinned. Rip his throat out now. Like it's like second nature, and he has to like stop himself from doing it at that right. point. And I'm watching like rip that throat, rip that throat, and then yeah. he doesn't. No the question is how many throats have been ripped that we don't even know about. Yeah, he's only been convicted of the one. Maybe he's been ripping throats for Maybe years. Maybe in the three-hour cut, there's fifteen to twenty. Who knows? I think the like three-hour cut, day, he just, just goes out ripping just throats. Just every 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 henchman that was killed off screen, it's just them getting their throat ripped out. It's super uncreative. <laughs> I love that. Uh, my my favorite scene has got to be just the first scene at the roadhouse at the double deuce when he comes in. I feel like it just shows what the movie is. It's this wild west of a bar. Guys being thrown all over the place. Beer bottles thrown at this caged band. But still, you see the potential. There's like good, young, fun people like look like they're having fun. Girls, I don't think anyone looks like they're lots having of drinks. fun. <laughs> yeah, why are know. they there? Did Aaron right, ask right. that? Like, There's people dancing and you got Jeff Healy. Yeah, great music. I mean, they're all super comfortable with that. Yeah, as soon as Jeff Healy wants to take a break for five, the guy's sweating <laughs> so much. <laughs> he wants to take a break for five minutes, and somebody throws a beer and says, "You're paid to play," and throws a beer crashing broken glass at Jeff Healy's body. Who's blind. Why does yeah. he keep that, Gary? can't see the bottle coming. That's my gripe with the bar rescue part, is they He's take blind? down the fence. Yeah. They well, take down the fence. 
I don't care if, you know, you're redoing the bar. This poor man is blind and they're throwing bottles at him. Yeah. You keep that fence up. He's going to take five bottles to the face every night without that fence. Yeah. Well, yeah. Dalton comes through and cleans up the place. I mean, that's the testament yeah. to what Dalton's done. Well, that's I'm... what starts it off. That first double deuce scene. There's no throat rip later if we don't get that first double deuce scene. Yeah, you know? it's is a it, good introductory mention, scene. Is the first mention of the throat rip in that scene where he says, I heard he get through, ripped through the guy's throat yeah. out. I think one of the bouncers uh, says that, yeah, it's part of the allure of, like, he's such a badass. Like, don't mess with him. Like, no, he didn't. He can't tear a guy. Oh, straight. yes, Paul, he uh, did. Paul, were you saying, Pollard, that that was the, the like, payoff of everything? No, that's why Dalton. the throat rip later is a little around. bit more believe. I don't know if believable is the right <laughs> word. But it's a little bit more passable. And it's a payoff because yeah. you forget that he can do that. I did. I forgot that he could do that the first time watching it. And then when it happens, you're, I'm like, yeah. I'm all in. You're, you're at home just like practicing on dummies <laughs> trying to yeah. become well, yeah. Dalton. Well, I didn't think it was possible. I did think it was kind of just like, oh, they're making stories up about him. That throat rip is the best scene. There's no doubt about it. A scene I love is when, um, when Sam Elliott shows up to the double deuce. And he walks in and he's super cool. And he tells the guy, oh, give me a beer, I'll be back. And he goes outside, and Dalton's just getting held by two guys and pummeled against a post. Yeah, the henchman like, got him. Like, what was going to happen if he didn't show up there? Then they get into it, and then he just <laughs> he just straight punches the dude in the dick. The, the eight-foot-tall henchman. Yeah, the eight-foot guy. He just the 48-year-old guy. Stalks him in the dick. What does he say before I just love that? that? He, he, he walks up to the... Well, oh, no. He walks up to the building before all this, and he just goes... The double douche. The double douche. <laughs> Which is one of my favorite quotes in the movie. It's one of those. And then a scene that creeps me out always is the diner scene when Sam Elliott's dancing. This oh, is yeah. after. It's just weird. Yeah. And oh, just this is after. He's after on his lady. Dalton, Sam Elliott, and. Kelly Lynch have been on a date that's lasted like nine hours from yeah from right. It until starts sun, with until Sam sunrise. Elliott showing her uh, Kelly Lynch his pubes, yes. yep. and then it, he says, "Let's get out of here." And they move to a diner that, yeah. as Aaron noted, is serving beer at eight in the morning and has a dance floor and has a dance floor. Yeah, and then he's she says. Is this the part where you uh, tell me what a great guy your friend is? And Sam Elliott goes, "This is a part where I tell you I want you for myself." Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah, just Dalton, like, Dalton, is he a good friend? He cups her face in a really <laughs> yeah. Weird, Dalton's sitting way. in the corner drinking a beer, watching his mentor dance with his newfound love, um, holding her face, mm-hmm. um, talking quietly to each other. Huh. It's really a three-way date. Yeah. Except Dal- Dalton's like asleep in the booth, just drinking coffee, and his friend. And is... it, it looks like Dalton's drinking a beer. There's an empty. Yeah, he's drinking. He's definitely drinking the beer. Well, yeah. and I, I, at least that's how I. And throughout their yeah. entire relationship, Dalton and the girl Elizabeth, um, the only topic of conversation that I've noted that they talk about the entire movie, whenever they're interacting, is how Dalton is a fighter. And how, like, he'll eventually get, like, arthritis. And yeah, stuff. it's always, like, <laughs> I'm worried about you, and he's like, this is the way I live. Uh, how, does, how do you do that? And he's always, uh, somebody's got to do it. Like, their entire conversation is always about um, you are a cooler. Right, it's not like, you know, oh, you like any books? They're like, <laughs> no, it's all about, like, you need to stop this. Guys, 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 again, we didn't get the three-hour cut, so. <laughs> it's true. There were a lot more conversations about the book that he was reading. Yeah. <laughs> Fartsus.com. 
So I would like to transition to one of my favorite categories that we came up with, which I believe it was Aaron. Joel would as like well. to transition. <laughs> Uh, and that is the most punchable face. Oh, got it. Oh, the just, there's lots. I'm this ready. one's there's fun. A lot this of a options, one. so there's a lot of people I'm sure would love to punch. But I want you have one opportunity. <laughs> no, I just I really don't like Jeff Healy. Hot take. His Dang. face? No, no, just him in the movie. I don't know why he's always around. It's bizarre. <laughs> he's he's got a residency at the bar that he works at. What do you mean? Why is it's he always? His job. There? No, like we talked about earlier. Why is he at every scene? Why is he's everybody at every him. scene? It's a small town. <laughs> at the monster truck demolition, the entire cast of characters is there. Yeah. There's no one They're missing applauding. from that scene. That's <laughs> the one I was talking about. Where like. <laughs> the, uh, who, I don't know if it's Brad oh, Wesley right, right, right. or one of his henchmen. He goes on the monster truck and crushes all right. the guys' cars in the auto shop. And there's a shot of Jeff Healy, like, shocked. Absolutely like, perplexed at what just happened. He, he yeah. <laughs> but he, he can, can hear it. Someone described it to no, him? No, yeah, he seems like a nice guy. I don't like his gossip, and I just, I don't know. We, we've got a couple of categories left. Okay, how about Clutch Award? Who... I mean, it seems pretty obvious that Swayze's in it, but like, who's most crucial to this movie? I don't know about who, Swayze. Who could the you clutch have award. not? I don't think we've out. defined this award yet. I what does it mean? Yeah. Just tell me what it means. I don't know what most I, clutch means. What I think of clutch award is this character in the movie is very crucial to the movie, and I really enjoy them. So like, they on both fronts are like important to the movie where if you took them out the movie would fall apart a little bit and i like like their performance it's not like there's someone that i want to hate in it or something so like, like the, the main character the, yeah i mean if we can't pick swayze the only answer is sam elliott yeah sam elliott has to be I've the clutch award because answer. swayze's throughout the whole thing clutch to me means that you yeah. come in at the opportune time yeah you perform and then you're done and in the case of sam elliott he's done um due to his demise, um, but him coming in when Patrick Swayze's in the only fight that he's ever losing in the movie and saves Dalton is clutch to me. Super clutch. See, I'm, I'm going with Jeff Healy because I think he, I think it'd be so unrealistic. Like, why do people keep coming back to this bar? It sucks. People keep getting beat up and stuff, but it's But the music's the good. I do admire, yeah, his his uh, perseverance and sticking it out at the residency. <laughs> it's pretty money. They won't even let him take a five-minute break. No. <laughs> Get back Already. to work. <laughs> Already coming around. Most clutch is for me is Sam Elliott, for sure. I mean, he's my favorite character in the movie. Yeah. And like I said, if he doesn't show up at that point, Dalton's still getting punched against that post today. Do yeah. we ever find out... Like, Dalton called him up just kind of to see how things were going. He never said, like, hey, come home. I think me, right? things were escalating, and he okay. called him for help. Or some In support. so many words. Yeah. Yeah, they have, like, an unspoken But, but he kind didn't of bond. officially say, yo, he like, said, I need help. <laughs> and then he was there. Uh, I wrote yeah, down. He called him Miho, like, four times in the movie. Probably four. Like two. I counted Is four. four? I, I, yeah, I counted that's, them. There was four. That's a little weird. It I'm means guessing... my son in Spanish, oh. See, in case you didn't know. Right. I'm guessing that was a Sam Elliott improv. Oh, for sure. As was Double But, Dish. like, Pollard, uh, you know, basically transformed himself after seeing Roadhouse. Changed my life. If I had to pick someone to transform from, it would have been Sam Elliott. Agreed. Yeah. Well, he, he dies in the movie, so. Yeah, but he is just, like, the definition of cool. I think he's the coolest, like, not main character character of any He goes out on his shield. Movie. He gets killed on a bar, literally. Like, it's, I gotta give him credit. Whole profession. It's hard to pull off. Like, okay, Dalton is the coolest guy in the world. 
Wrong. And his mentor <laughs> has to come across cooler than him. That's a, those are hard shoes to fill, and, and he does pull it off. And Sam Elliott does that with probably like eight minutes of screen time. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, including he's trying to steal yeah, he's his really girl. not in the movie for no. very long. Yeah, but it feels like when he comes into this movie, it goes into another gear. Like yeah. it's like this movie's great, right. but if he wasn't in it and you just have Swayze the whole time. Like he doesn't Swayze isn't strong enough on his own to carry the entire movie. He needs some help. Right. Point break. He needed Keanu Reeves. Ghost. He needed Whoopi Goldberg. We all know this. <laughs> <laughs> it wouldn't have worked without Sam Elliott Clutch Award. Hey, all you five guys flicking around fans. One thing I know is I love movies. Another thing I love is ciabatta rolls. If you're like me, you want ciabatta on top of ciabatta. That's why you need to check out a lot of ciabatta. A lot of ciabatta. It's more ciabatta. Um, change one thing to make it better. What would you guys change about the movie to make it better? Well, I would like to see that longer edit because I do feel like there's probably a lot of great stuff. That I didn't know there was a good edit. That's the carry-in scenes. Yeah, all the carry-in scenes. It's true. <laughs> also, uh, so in the title sequence... Uh, we all noted upon watching it that Keith David was listed. And then in the movie, he's in it for about 20 seconds in the background and doesn't have a line. And in the three-hour cut, he is also fleshed out quite a bit. So (laughs) I want to see more Keith David for sure. I I always want to see more Keith David. More diversity would be a nice thing in this movie. Change one thing. I, I want a little more info on Dalton's background. You know, like I know they touch on oh the philosophy is work at other bars. Like just a couple, a couple of reminiscing scenes with Jeff Healy or yeah. Sam Elliott. Just what talking. happened in Memphis? Yeah, a little just, more. Yeah, a little or a, a fun story. Like mm-hmm. I'll remember that time we were you know past late and those motorcycle guys came. I don't know. I just want a little, little more background on some of his experiences. I feel like he works really well as an enigma. Like, the less you right. know about him, the better. Like, they show really random stuff. Like, he knows Tai Chi. Yeah. He, at, like, I don't he even know what time the, it is. What's the book he's reading? That's what I was wondering. Uh, uh, Legend yeah. of the Fall. There you go. So yeah, it's got to be like it's got to be like 3 a.m. when he's off work and Brad Wesley's having a pool party. He's just reading mm-hmm. a book and it's right. He just does all these, like, really strange things. He wears a gi and he tucks it into his just tight ass jeans yeah I, I feel like <laughs> which is the best wardrobe of all time so when i started wearing that too also something <laughs> I yeah, it was weird that you wore it today to this <laughs> we told you i'm that. uncomfortable uh, looking at it, you if right i now. could change one thing about the movie to make it better i would add a fight scene on the lake Oh, I think like it's a paddleboard. I think the one thing that this is missing, <laughs> yeah, like I don't those know. swan boats. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Faster I'm back here. Maybe the lake's not big enough. I think what we're missing this here is, is a high speed chase. Um, and I don't think a, uh, a fast and the furious scene is what it needs, but um, I want to see some fighting on a boat. Maybe it's uh, Wesley's yacht. <laughs> Maybe the lake's not big enough for that, but I think it was just an element of the movie that we, we could have used more of. Piggybacking off of what you're saying, that was mine, is I want to see a fight with Jimmy, uh, the main henchman who gets his throat ripped out, who wears all denim and has the uh, tooth necklace. He's never really presented as like a worthy adversary. No. The one time <laughs> they're laughs. about to fight, Wade Garrett shoots his gun in the air and stops it before you can even get it going. Great And too, outside of that, you got to assume he killed, uh, you know. Uh, he was in prison. We know that. We, he yeah. was in prison. He's got an evil laugh. <laughs> he can use a pool cue. 
as a weapon. He's yeah. amazing with the pool cue. Yeah. He is. Where did he learn to do that? <laughs> was, was he the one that beat the blonde girl? Are we led to believe that? Yeah. And yeah, he, and he probably so. killed Wade off screen. Yeah, true. Uh, For sure. And but... he did the backflip onto the stage. It was a pole vault, actually. That's right. That's right. He used the pool. He did a lot of practice with that. Right on the on the the good fat guy's body. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We never got a fat guy face off with the tinker and the other guy. Right. That would have been amazing. Didn't they have that? Because there were. There's the scene where like the guys come in with the shoe knives, and there's one fat one. I thought that was Tinker. That might have been Tinker. I, but it was like, it was the good fat guy and the bad other. fat guy okay, were fighting. Cool. Again, <laughs> going back to your dichotomy of good versus evil. Yeah. It's, fat it's all balanced. It took me probably five watches of the movie originally to figure out which side the fat guy was on. Right, I think they're the same. <laughs> we just got them confused. Like, they never appear in the same shot at the same time. The good time. guy fat guy, he needed a bigger role. Like, I really liked him. I yeah. did. He was always, like, fun yeah. and, like... In a good spirit, kind. and he like immediately bought in to what Dalton was preaching. Yeah, you know he bought into the changes that were being made. And yeah, he wore the polo that they all got made up. Their target was renovated. Yeah, of course, <laughs> why not? Just throw money around. Why not? Yeah, those polos got printed quickly. <laughs> Let's do a genre swap. So, would this movie work as any other type of movie, any other genre? I I have one. What do you got? So. So what I was thinking is like basically everything's the exact same except Brad Wesley is like a ghost terrorizing the town, and and like so interesting. So, so like so, everywhere is haunted and so. Well, he no, owns it's just it like or? all the things that he does are like just paranormal. So right. like maybe he still blows up reds, but, but they're like, like something's whoa. up with this. Like maybe it was a ghost. And then, like, <laughs> the monster truck crushes all the cars, but, like, on its own. And then there's Whoa. a scene where, like, they're doing clay pottery. <laughs> yes. Oh, Just my gosh. I can picture it. I can picture it. I don't see why not. And he's just going from uh, shop to shop taking 10%. And it's like, where'd the yes. money go? And yes. Like, and then, the but then what that does is that neutralizes Dalton's, like, physical abilities, right? Like, we know he's a good fighter. If he's up against a ghost, all that goes out the window. He's got to use his his philosophy. Philosophy, yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's got a degree. I think it's a doctorate, right? Does he have a PhD? Know. Let's PhD assume. He let's does. assume. Let's yeah. assume he's a doctor in philosophy. Like that's what he would have to use to beat the ghost. Yeah, I I, I like it. I, that's all I got. I I immediately went musical. Ooh. Interesting. Um, I was bouncing back between a couple genres, but the. The scenes that would pop out to me were when they zoomed out, for instance, on the very first scene that that Joel liked and pointed out, uh, when you're introduced to the double deuce and you zoom out and the amount of mayhem that is commencing is at least 120 people in a full out brawl. The only thing I could picture was a dance number where you combine fighting with the musical number, of course, led by the able to dance Patrick Swayze, and I think you have a good female lead. You got a mentor song from Sam Elliott. You got the bad guy songs. You got the farmers got to have a song. Um, maybe there's a henchman number where the henchmen come together and do a little five piece. Okay. Um, I saw that the choreography of fighting could transition well with the choreography with music. I like that. So maybe a little like Newsies-ish thing. Yeah, you like turn it down little... to PG-13. Mm. There's no more blood. And now it's just... Uh... Has there been, has there no been an R-rated blood. musical? There, has there could be. be. There has Sweeney Todd? Okay. 
Oh, yeah, Sweeney Todd. That's right. Right? Yeah, so this could still yeah, keep the R rating. All right. Team, Team, Team America? <laughs> yeah. Team America. Next up on Five yeah. Guys. <laughs> Joel, what you got? Um, You know, it's got to be just a straight-up Western. I mean, if, yeah. you, if you take this back, you know, yeah, to the eighteen, could easily happen in the eighteen hundreds, eighteen eighty nine, instead right. of nineteen eighty nine, and you know they're walking through, and there's only whiskey, a saloon, and yeah. a general store, oh, yeah. Man. Yeah, a that's, specific store. That's pretty good. It, it, it seems like the most basic <laughs> transition. You know, you got the love story. She's the doctor in town, and. You know, right. A lot of those swivel doors coming through. Or, like, uh, or since we're redoing it, she can just be a waitress. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, put her in the right place. Yeah. No, I was saying she's too good for him. That's the point. She's a doctor. He's a bouncer. Yeah, but he's making so much cash. Two hundred thousand dollars a year. She doesn't net. know. He's the richest. He, he told her off screen. <laughs> he's the richest cowboy in Jasper. Making <laughs> Does, okay, okay. If we're going western, is Dalton wear the white hat? Or does he wear the black hat? Because he's, he doesn't wear no a hat. hat. Yeah, that's it's it's, it's a hook. white hat to white the or to match the white kimono that he's wearing. Because <laughs> yeah. that's not changing. Right. It's, it's from... Elliot wears the black hat. Then. Yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah, definitely. Sam Elliott's in the black. <laughs> Any genre for you? No. I think perfect as is. <laughs> I think a horror movie. Back to the throat ripping. Perfect. This guy's ripping throats on the side. More There's all rips. these throat rip victims at the hospital. The yeah. Like, who's killer. doing this? She sees him do that, and it's like, oh my god, it's you. You're the throat ripper. Jack the throat ripper. Uh-huh. <laughs> but then the twist is, there's actually two throat rippers, and he's not the one doing it. All a scream. And Brad, yeah, like Brad that. Wesley is really a good guy trying to find the throat ripper. Wow. And it's like, it's all kind of gets flipped at the end. Dang. Oh my god! Oh, you just ruined the twist ending. Thanks, man. <laughs> well, we can't make it. We'll uh, start writing that tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I I like the western one a lot. It seems to make the most sense. It however, is really a western. Yeah. However, I think the ghost slash dirty dancing angle are interesting. So you know, let's make them all. Let's put them all together into let's one. Let's make them all. I yeah. have I have Patrick Swayze money. So cool. I, I like it. All right. So let's this would be a good time to talk about. Would this work as a McSullivan vehicle? So, Brandon, what do you think? Yeah, so what I was thinking is, like, the similarities between Dalton and McSullivan. Like, they're both badasses. Uh, While Dalton has his rules that he plays by, like, McSullivan really doesn't have any rules. But I was thinking that Sam Elliott can be the mentor to both of them. That would work. Yeah. That would definitely work. Sam Elliott has both both characteristics. Yeah, and even, you know, in the future... um, you know, the things that they're doing with CGI, you could bring back Patrick Swayze and have a Patrick Swayze versus McSullivan movie. Wait, what happened Whoa. to Patrick Swayze? Whoa. Yeah, what happened? Is this him? about time we should break the news, Brandon, to the audience? Yeah, Patrick Swayze is is no more. He's gone. <gasps> yeah, but I've seen ghosts. He's still around. Yeah. <laughs> it's a genre swap, remember? Fair. Well, Whoopi Goldberg is still here, and there is a little bit of Patrick Swayze and Whoopi Goldberg. So I think this, go. yeah, I think this would be a fun McSullivan project because McSullivan would blur those lines between maybe he takes the uh, the Brad Wesley money, 
You know, yeah, that would I wouldn't put that that past McSorley. Right, on. that's true. That's you know? true. That's true. Maybe he takes the women that are offering themselves to him. He, he definitely he, he takes. He the definitely McSullivan definitely comes into the bar if he's Swayze's character and fires everyone except the three people that got fired. Right, the person dealer is dead. Yeah, she is definitely still around, and he wants that connection. He he admires Terry Funk's violence. Yeah, he's like, you're a hothead. You could I could work with you. I like that. I would love to see instead of McSullivan taking the place of Dalton, McSullivan versus Dalton, in a way where uh, Why he, McSullivan wins. Yes, well, every yeah. time. No, of McSullivan course, wins. it's not even an issue. But he comes into the town, and maybe he's a part of the rival bar, and there's a competition between the two. Professionally, that could work. Professionally, okay. I like what that. kind of competition? Maybe he's the uh, McSullivan the... doesn't care to compete. He knows he's the best. Well, <laughs> he's the best lover. He's the best fighter. He's the best egg salad sandwich maker. That's, That's true, true, but maybe Dalton doesn't know those things and chooses to challenge him. Yeah. And then when McSullivan kills Dalton, he says, suck on this, mijo. <laughs> <laughs> Blows his brains out with a revolver. <laughs> the best part about McSullivan would be he would replace Jeff Healy also. And he would do the there music. We go. He would do all the music while he's be a saxophone man <laughs> yeah. on stage. I see Dalton uh, attempting to rip the throat out of Mick Sullivan, but it not working, and he completely breaks character in oh. a way that it's just like, why is it my go-to finishing move working on Mick Sullivan's guy? smoker's throat is too strong. <laughs> It's like lined with titanium. Yeah, it's it would literally be like crunching a pipe, a lead yeah. pipe. Mick Sullivan ashes in his eyes while he's trying to rip his throat out. <laughs> Uh, McSullivan definitely doesn't get involved with uh, Kelly Lynch. No. Her meat's gone bad. Her meat's gone bad. <laughs> he doesn't want her. He doesn't want a smart lady like that. He's uh, he's more into uh, Carrie Ann for sure. <laughs> he's not, well, not Ann. into Carrie Ann, but he's just down no, that she's the, into him. The, bust, so the busty pole He'd rather McSullivan would rather have two sixes than one ten. <laughs> Twelve is better than ten, baby. <laughs> How much would you pay for this Blu-ray? So the premise of this is, if the only way you can watch Roadhouse again is to buy the Blu-ray, how much are you spending on it? And you got to buy the Blu-ray player, too, so factor that in. <laughs> so, are, are we assuming that? So, no, just no, the Blu-ray no, price. No. no. Okay, all right. so just no, the Blu-ray price. No streaming. Yeah. Only, you can only see, it's out of theaters, you can only see this movie on DVD. You're buying the Blu-ray. Slash. Basically, let me, let me throw in a caveat here for this one movie and say, how much would you pay for the Blu-ray... As is, how much would you pay for the Blu-ray director's cut, three hours and twenty-minute version? Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> I'm gonna, as is, I'm gonna go five bucks, just cause I, I feel like I have a pretty good, I have a pretty good memory, so I can remember most things from this movie. And if I need a reminder, five bucks isn't gonna hurt. Um, but the director's cut, twenty-two fifty. I'm paying $45 for the original and $60 for the director's cut. Wow. I, I, I think if you're paying that okay. much for the original, you'd want to pay like triple for the director's no, cut. No, it's an ad. No, but I'd rather he knows the original. The original is good on its own. Yeah. I'm not so sure that the director's cut is good. I would pay an extra. Reason they it's just the... paying to see it. Right. Yeah. No, I'd 45 for the original, 60 for the director's. Yeah, I'm not paying anything. The original. Well, then the you don't get dollar, to watch it. You can't maybe. come to my place. <laughs> I'll wait till I go to your house to watch. No, it. I'm turning it off. Uh, but I would. I'd pay ten bucks for the director's cut. I'm curious to see see what they got. Um, 
I would pay a hundred bucks for the <laughs> for the Blu-ray original. <laughs> this is so I can watch it the rest of my life. Yeah, I want I'm with this. You. I want to see this forever, and I would pay a hundred dollars for that. Um, I would pay for the Blu-ray three-hour and twenty-minute version, maybe like a hundred and thirty-five dollars, yeah, because um, I really want to see. Uh, we were talking about how uh, Patrick Swayze recorded two songs for this film he that did. didn't make the movie. Right. I'm thinking one of them's got to be in the director's cut. Is that so, Cliff's Edge? Or? Cliff's Edge. Yeah. The, Cliff's other, Edge yeah. the other one is Raising Heaven, in parentheses, <laughs> in hell tonight. Oh. How do you not put that in the movie? Yeah. So, game. I mean, yeah, a, a lot. A lot of money. Yeah, I'd pay over 100 for sure. Um and then uh, for the director's cut, anything under two hundred, I'd feel comfortable. And just so if I had that kind of coin, just so the audience knows uh, or listeners, we don't have much money. <laughs> hundred dollars is a lot, <laughs> a lot of change. <laughs> we do accept donations. Yeah. At, uh, yeah, we have a Patreon. Please subscribe. Five guys flicking around at gmail.com. You can also check us out on Instagram. Five guys flicking around. So do that, please. Yeah. So. Which character would you want to see a spinoff or an origin story? Okay. All right. So, Got it. The obvious answer is Dalton's Memphis story because there's right. so much led to believe in that. Um, so I don't know if that's on the table or off the table, but uh, that's my first go-to is I want to see... The trial. Yeah. I want to see when he meets Sam Elliott for the first time. I want to see when he goes through his first throat ripping and, and how it changes him a little bit. He finds out he has his edge to him. When he realizes that, he can rip a throat. Right. <laughs> the training involved. I'm sure Sam Elliott has his training. The first throat rip that goes bad and he gets yeah. it like halfway. It's half out. It's yeah, like, just spewing. Oh, put it back. Put it back. He's suffering. Put him out of his misery. Cape it. Cape it. <laughs> I'm in on that because... I would. I'm more interested in more Jeff Healy instead of more Wade Garrett. So I'm pretty sure that's when Jeff Healy says, "Oh yeah, remember it's, this is different from that bar in Memphis." So Jeff Healy was there too. <laughs> so I think that puts all of them together. So it sounds like we just want the Jeff the Healy story. One thing we can we can add is there is actually a produced Roadhouse too. So feel free to look that up. But is this canon? Starring buff Nathan Fielder. It's, not. it's, it's definitely, not canon. It's definitely not. Patrick but. Swayze was supposed to be in it and then dropped out due to creative differences. So <laughs> They didn't put his songs to in To be again. a fly on the wall for those creative differences. <laughs> yeah. He said, all right, I'm recording three more. I got four songs. Uh, the, uh, the Sam Elliott origin would be fascinating. Mm-hmm. See him bouncing bars in the 60s and 70s, like just tossing hippies. That's what I want to see. That would be incredible. I would I would pay two hundred to see that. Different different take on this one: the rise and fall of Brad Wesley. Ooh. That's interesting. So seeing him come into town, we saw maybe him fall. Yeah, that's true. That's true. The rise. Okay, the rise. So let's put this one. Let's put this one. The rise and the uh, moral deterioration of Brad Wesley. Because ah. I'm thinking this is a guy that probably comes into town with noble ambition. Yeah, I'm gonna get some J.C. Penney's. I'm gonna get yeah. J.C. Penney's in here at Seven Eleven. Yeah, if you were to tell someone this guy brought in all these industries into town, exactly. sounds like a great guy, a philanthropist. Exactly. And then yeah. something happens. There's along the one way. scene yeah. in the movie that makes me think he was never a good guy. And it's the one where the two henchmen come back, and he's like, one of you needs to say you're sorry. And then, like, Tinker's Tinker is like, 
I'm sorry, boss. And he's like, I, sorry, I believe too, you, boss. Tinker. Yeah. And then the other guy, he just beats the shit out yeah. of. You're he a punches him down, and then he screams at the other henchman, like, get him up! Yeah. Just so he can punch him in the face again. <laughs> well, he criticizes him for bleeding so much. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? Yeah, he's, you're weak. Yeah. You, know, you know what's wrong with you? You, you bleed too much. Yeah. Bam! <laughs> but, okay, but in Roadhouse, obviously, he's like a cartoonish right. character, he's but there's some depth there. There's, there's yeah. some depth there. I so think who, that could be explained. Who's wrong? Brad Wesley. We know that. Yeah, he's a Korean War vet. He talks about how when he came back from Korea, this all got started. So yeah, that'd be an interesting. He calls, oh, he that's calls where the movie can He start. calls the guy Red a draft dodger. Yep. Yeah, Red. When Red was a draft dodger. That was a fun fact. Yeah. The so movie. there's like that's what I'm saying. Like there's probably makes some, you think less of Red. There's to be some. Honest. There's a lot some of character. Characters. Yes. There's some backstory there that like he for sure did not have to come up with. Like that for sure wasn't in the script. I think he like put some thought into that. We can start it with the Korean War. How that messed him up, and he's just like, my dream. How just... Red avoided the Korean War. <laughs> oh, they were probably best friends before, mm-hmm. and he's like, I'm going, and Red's like, That's a fun have fun. Story. Yeah. There we go. I wanna... Red's, Red's story of cowardice. <laughs> origin. I do want to see it, though, because it's a small town, and you have to assume he got the police in his pocket first, right? Because how is he going to strong-arm businesses one by one he to set be up like, an give organization. me 10%? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but 10% and he's just going in and being like, yeah, you have to give this to me. Like the first business person would have been like, no, what are you, are you crazy? Like, you know? And that can yeah. be, that can be the start too. It's like, he's like, I'm going to try and be a mafioso and he just fails miserably. Yeah. I just, and then he figures out how to do it. Maybe he has a mentor like Sam Elliott. Like I don't feel bad so much for all of the townspeople because literally this is like not one of those things where it's like overnight. This guy just came in and took over the town. It was a slow process. They let it happen. They let it happen. That's what I I'm mean, saying. if we're talking about this so much already, like it has, you know. And, and going yeah. back to Pollard's thought about Dalton and the old days, Aaron had a good idea about this that I really liked was making it a court procedural of Dalton's trial. Love it. <laughs> it's oh, a, he lies on the stand. That. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the city of Memphis versus Dawson. He he convinces them it's self defense when when Wesley reveals that he knows it's not. We're going to have to see the evidence and decide for ourselves. Yeah. No, he gets away with it, though. The the ending is is a little ruined in that. But I think it's still a cool. It's like a hardcore legal courtroom (laughs) drama. (laughs) A few good men. Yeah. They're prepping it for it. Yeah, the state of. uh, Where was it? Memphis, Tennessee. Tennessee. Mem- yeah, yeah, state of Tennessee versus Mr. Dalton. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I could see Dalton on the stand, like just just flexing at the jury, like scaring them all. <laughs> like he's gonna go beat them up, and so they're like, "Oh, it's he just does the throat grip sign." Just pointing it at the people. <laughs> Intimidates the judge. That yeah. person over there. <laughs> Joel, you got an origin or a or a spinoff? He wants to see the Jeff Healy story. Which is why Jeff he wants... His favorite part of the movie is Jeff Healy, which want... is why he wants to pay zero dollars for this and yeah. see the Jeff Healy sequel. <laughs> he just wants a music video. <laughs> He's got other music, Joel. You can listen to I wrote down one more thing for this if we were doing like a remake of this. Because it's just one thing I was trying to think about while, oh, we were, while I was plays watching Dalton. Them. So what I'm thinking, this would be a great Jaden Smith vehicle. Wow. Well, he, but by, by We've re- already seen his karate right. I think by redoing wrong. the karate kid, he pigeonholes <laughs> himself into being the remake kid. What was the last movie he did? Uh, an M. Night Shyamalan movie. Like Mike? No, there's one that he no. plays with Will Smith. After Earth. Yeah, After yes. Earth. Yeah. That's the one. From like 
eight years ago? Yeah, so so you're saying that since After Earth, this is the next project he does. He, he took eight years uh, off of movies, and then you're sitting in the theater, and it's Jaden Smith yeah. in yes. Roadhouse. Yes. <laughs> the promotion will be only for Jaden Smith. No one will know it's a remake of Roadhouse. <laughs> it's too busy being an icon rapping. It's man. a DJ club, right? We have to modernize it. It's not going to be the bar in the middle of Jasper, Missouri. I Hot. See, it's it's I mean, LA nightclub. Hot take and off topic. The new Karate Kid's better than the old one. Ouch. Long live Jaden Smith. <laughs> no, no. Wrong. I love me some Jaden, but I can't get behind that at all. All right, let's um, let's go to. Would you recommend this to a house sitter? So, someone who's not like a good friend of yours, because that's an easier discussion. But someone who's watching your house, you have Roadhouse sitting there. Do you say, hey, you should watch this or not? No, well, they're sitting. I don't. I don't know. They're going to be in your house for four or five days. They're looking at your DVD collection. Yeah. They're like, what's Roadhouse? Is that any good? Like, and then like you an have to make away. the discussion knowing that there's tons of violence. Well, Joel didn't buy it, so he, his house sitter won't be seen. Yeah. yeah, it won't be in my DVD collection. So. Yeah. We're all going to pitch it and buy you a copy. <laughs> <Yeah. Okay. laughs> um, I mean, I think it really depends on how old they are. Because like, like, I'm going out of town, and we're having like the neighbor watch it who's like 16. I don't think I'd suggest for her to see this movie. And there's a lot of nudity and yeah, death that's and a good caveat. Drugs and... What if she was 17? Okay. Rated R. Okay, well then it's okay. MPAA says it's fine. <laughs> then it's not really Joel's choice. It's her choice <laughs> yeah. at that point. She's an adult. She can decide. As long as they're 17, 18 of age, and they have a mild interest in it, I would absolutely recommend it. For mm-hmm. a guy... It can take you to a place where you have a moral compass that you've devised your entire life out of, like <laughs> right. it did for yeah. Pollard. Right. So yeah. it could be a very transformative watch. And for a female, you get uh, you know Patrick Swayze shirtless seven times, but, and you get shot. A lot of tons shots. of butt shots. Upper it's got crotch. something for girls. It's got something for guys. A little bit of throat. Yeah, ripping. and and. Un, uh, you know, to Joel's to Joel's unliking, you know, there's a strong female doctor oh, in it. Come on. <laughs> you know, showing yeah. you that women yeah. can be <laughs> big in the '80s. I, I think you guys are the problem, wanting her to end up with this, you know, bouncer who just goes off murdering people. I know? broached <laughs> the subject of do you like Point Break because that's obviously a more popular movie and probably has a bigger following. So someone mentioned they'd like Point Break or they said it to me. I'd say you should check out Roadhouse. I would introduce the movie in a way that was something like, if you want a little, you want to know a little bit more about me, <laughs> watch this movie, and you'll understand why I've made the choices that I've made in my life. <laughs> oh, oh speaking God. of Point Break, uh, we've mentioned this in our group chat, but who wins in a fight, uh, Dalton or Bodie? That's an interesting Ooh. one. Dalton, 10 times out of 10. I think you're wrong. Me too. Wow. Bodie's got the surfer strength. Yeah, but he doesn't, he can't rip He handles a war child like he's nothing, <laughs> <laughs> which is impressive. Okay. Yeah, but yeah, he's a know. bank robber. Like, he's lived a life of crime. He okay. rolls with a tougher and, crew. And one of the things that we don't know about Dalton is like, what's his endurance like? Bodie can like run through houses, yeah. like Bodie's pick up dogs, mm-hmm. toss dogs see around. Dalton smoking constantly. You see him and fighting. He's wired on on black coffee. You see yeah. him cigarettes. fighting, but he's like, you know, he, he's, he's, he's sweaty he's, in every scene. He's, 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 he fights right. for about five minutes or less. He yeah. chases down a motorcycle with a drop kick. 
Mm, yeah, no, he I, also jumps off of the barn like a <laughs> you know twelve year old ballet dancer, which was, yes, the ballet scene in. comes back into that play. Was, probably that there. was actually one of my just to go back really quick. How did he do that? How did Dalton invent parkour? <laughs> he jumps. He jumps from the top of the. That's the, a hot take. From the top of the farm. Jumps onto a car, I think, and then does like a really quick side double flip game. Over the first shot flip. that you see it was insane. when he's coming at the camera, you, you're led to believe like this is a huge jump. But when they cut to the opposite angle, like he's probably dropping like six feet to the car. Yeah, still impressive. It's it's not low. It's not high. Yeah, <laughs> but but to answer the ultimate question, I think I feel like Bodie would. I feel like Bodie would win in a fight. Bodie would win. Hands down. And then what he would about... get his throat ripped out by Dalton. Yeah. What about Wade that's, Garrett that's versus cool. Angelo Pappas? <laughs> How many meatball subs has he had so far? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Is this pre or post meatball subs? Well, that's the, that's the catch because Wade Garrett would win, obviously. I think we can agree. Yeah. But we have not seen Angelo Pappas at full two, two meatball subs strength. <laughs> <laughs> we don't know what happens when he gets to eat his two meatball subs. That's true. He could totally tra- it could be a Popeye spinach situation. It definitely yeah. is, yeah. Yeah. And we know Angelo Pappas knows how to swim from the swimming lesson scene. We don't know <laughs> if Sam Elliott knows how to swim. So if it's a water fight, all bets are Water off. fight Angelo Pappas for sure. <laughs> I can't believe this person got to be in the credits. It says assistant to Patrick Swayze. That, that's all You've it takes. Obviously, to... never worked on a film. Before. Yeah, that's all it takes to be in the credits. Yeah, there's oh, one of every what, film what, has it. What, what so what okay, were you doing? so this is a good time to bring this up again in the internet research. Uh, Patrick Swayze's handsomeness caused problems during filming. I believe that. a pickup truck containing a group of middle-aged blonde women <laughs> attempted to drive right up to the star's trailer to meet the actor. During the big fight by the river, a raft of Swayze-loving ladies sailed by. A female extra playing a waitress was too busy staring at Swayze to watch where she was going and tripped, spilling all her drinks on another extra. Yeah. So, he needs an assistant, A. B, Kelly Lynch is lucky to have him. And <laughs> C, what's the assistant's name? Rosemary East. So I guess she, she, she earned it. <laughs> Rosemary East. <laughs> Could be Rosemary. <laughs> yeah, it's spelled Rosemary. We've gone too long. Don't forget, check us out on Instagram at Five Guys Flicking Around and email us questions at Five Guys Flicking Around at gmail.com. That's Five Guys Flicking Around. Spell out the five. We're not lazy. We don't go with the number. So spell the thing out. <laughs> and uh, yeah, hit us up. Thank you. Look what I have created. I have made fire. I have made fire. I think this is one of the traits of a really good producer. I'm not ashamed Keep no more. the talent happy. You just killed a helicopter with a car. All right, boys, prepare to be dazzled. Break yourself, fool. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I break your concentration? It's important that we get together on this thing. If you had some glue, I'm really good at gluing. I could just glue it. You sandbagging son of a bitch. Y'all ready to bust some ass? Lick a license. Lick her license. We've got entirely too many troublemakers here. I am an FBI agent. You look like a blueberry. I don't give a damn what you think you're entitled to. You know who I am. You that silly ass reporter from the Channel 5 News, ain't you? I'm Mo Green. What are you looking at, butthead? Let's go, let's go, I'm bored, let's go.
My Peffle Feather had a lovely little Peffle Feather.